What is up, guys? Welcome back to the Parkies Podcast. Um, I am so sorry that this episode is super late this month. Um, I've been super busy with work and also stuff outside of work. I've been helping out at church a lot more with our youth group and also the tech team. And uh, big life news is that I got engaged over the Christmas holiday, so that's been quite exciting and quite busy. Um, wedding planning and planning for the future, so... Lots of stuff going on, but it's all good stuff, and I'm super excited for what is to come. But I'm back with this episode. Again, I'm sorry it took so long, but I have a really special guest today. I have my friend Kayla, who I worked with in Glacier for two summers, and she's actually worked there quite a few more years than I have, but she's an incredible gal. She's a caretaker, and her personality is a caretaker, and just how much she cares for people really comes out in this episode. Uh, she worked as a security guard at Many Glacier and Swift Current in Glacier National Park, and she did quite a, a like a tremendous job of it, always keeping us safe and looking out for us. But even better than that, she is a true mountain woman. She loves hiking and bagging peaks, and we're going to hear some of that today in this episode. So why don't we just dive right in with my episode and chat with Kayla. Hello. Hey, Kayla. Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. That was so easy. I know, it actually makes it super simple. So, I mean, it's what I've been using this whole time. Oh my gosh, that's so wild. I just immediately started recording. Well, hey. Hey, long time, no talk. I know. So, first of all, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're we're definitely excited. We actually just uh, booked the venue and have a date set. So, um, looks like December twelfth of this year is going to be our date. Dang! So you guys are moving. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We uh we we both said we didn't want like a long engagement, so we're ready yeah. to to get moving. No kidding. Well, congrats. That's so exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's gonna be um it's gonna be great. It's we're still trying to figure out the small details, but. The venue was, you know, complicated enough between just different things we were trying to go back and forth on, trying to figure out. But um, it's a, it's an absolutely gorgeous venue. I'll just send, send you a, um, a link to, like, the website so you can see it. Yeah, of course. Well, all you have left now is the fun stuff. Yeah, like food tastings and decorations and all that. Yeah. Yeah, so where, so where are you? Are you – you're not in Virginia still, are you? No. <laughs> so I'm actually pulling a snowbird and I am in Florida. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So I'm here for a little bit, but I'm going to be going back up to Virginia until I can find a steady job down here. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So was it just like, who, who are you staying with? Are you just have like your own place down there? Or do you have relatives that live down there you're staying with? So I actually got a long-term Airbnb um, because I thought about moving to the area long-term and this is the best way to kind of temporarily move down without any solid commitments just to kind of check it out to see if I actually want to move down here. So it's actually worked out really well. Okay. I never, um, I mean, I think, I I think I heard before about long-term Airbnbs, but I just never knew like the practicality or like how they actually worked out for others. So that's actually really cool to hear that you actually found something to, to hold you. Um, does it sound like it's, you know, you know you're going to make the effort to try and like stay down there and like make that home or what's like kind of your plan? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I'm actually out of the Airbnb the 31st of January. So I basically have until then to find a steady job. And if I don't, then I'm going to go home until I do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least you have a fallback. Apartment. Yeah, at least you have something to fall back on. Yeah, for sure. Cool. And so, like, I, I got to ask just because since I see you on Instagram, like, where, where did the obsession with manatees come from? <laughs> so, um, I started coming down here for, like, week spans at a, a time last year. And I okay. just kind of discovered this little fishing town. And for a few months during the winter time, all of these manatees just kind of come and congregate in the Bay Area. And so I figured out how else to kayak out there. And just once I got a taste of it, I just became obsessed. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, what part of Florida is this again? So this is Crystal River, Florida. It is about an hour north of Tampa. So on the Gulf side. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I actually have um, a friend I used to go. Uh, a good family friend, his dad and stepmom own like a house down there near uh, St. Pete Beach on Tierra Verde. Uh, we used to go down there for, you know, like a week or so at a time for a couple summers in a row um, just to be on St. Pete Beach. So I definitely so I definitely know Tampa a little bit. Yeah, it's a really fun area. Definitely lots to do. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah, I guess before we get into like all like the fun questions, um, I think it'd be awesome just to, um, for you to tell us all like what, what your background is like, you know, just tell us like, you know, where you come from, um, where you grew, grew up at, what got you into the parks, you know, kind of your experiences along the way, um, to where you are now. So I grew up outside of Richmond, Virginia, um, and my entire family, like my mom's side, my dad's side is all super close knit. Like everybody lives in Virginia. I never had to travel for holidays. Everybody was really close. Um, and my dad and then my grandfather, every summer, every other year would go on these really awesome backpacking trips to Glacier. Mm -hmm. And every summer I would beg and beg and beg. And finally I was old enough to go. <laughs> And ever since I saw the park, I was, I think I was in fifth grade when I finally got to see Glacier. Wow. I was telling everybody I was moving to Montana. <laughs> Anyone that would listen, I was like this little kid. I was like, I am leaving Virginia and I'm moving to Montana. So as soon as I graduated college, that's what I did. I just Googled jobs in Glacier and up popped Zantara. Dang. So, I mean, that's so cool. It was like a, a deep, like early on appreciation for Glacier. Um, yeah, I, that's that's so funny. Um, did like, what was, do you remember like what some of the first hikes you did, like when you were able to go, like with your guy, your dad and your grandpa? So we did the Sai Pass Trail mm -hmm. and then we did Dawson Pitamakan. And my dad made me carry an overnight bag up Dawson Pass. Wow. <laughs> I know. And ever since then, whenever people want to do that hike, I'm like, I'm never going that way ever again. <laughs> so what, you went up, you went up Dawson Pass? Yes. Cause we stayed oh. at Upper Tea Medicine cause we did a two night okay. trip, I think. Oh yeah. 
going down Dawson hurt my legs enough. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. For anyone that listens, you know, if you if you do this trail on Glacier, you go up Pinamaka and down Dawson. That's the rule. Oh. Unless you want to, like, you know, kill yourself along the way. Yeah, it was super intense. Um, But, yeah, that was the one that really stood out in my mind. Okay. For sure. Okay. So, that, that, I think that I, I'm going to be safe and say that that's kind of what developed your your mountain tough t- mentality early on. Yeah, I just got thrown right in it. <laughs> And just loved it ever since. That's awesome. All right, so I mean, so um, walk me through. So, like, when did you graduate uh, college, and when was the first year um, in Glacier? And what was that like? Your first year actually working in the place that you know you you got a taste of early on, and then now you, you actually had the chance to be there and work. So I graduated in December of 2016, and I actually graduated with a criminal justice degree. And so when I saw the security position, I was like, sweet, I can do this job that'll look okay on my resume, and I get to go play in the parks. Like, win-win. So my dad actually drove out with me. And I just remember seeing that sign, like the Glacier National Park sign at Lake McDonald and just chills Mm -hmm. covering my body. Like I was so excited to just have the whole summer ahead of me, like no rush, just have the whole summer just to enjoy the park. Dang, that's crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I remember my first like rush of like, you know, getting into many, like many Glacier, that whole side, like. Aside from, like, being, like, super cautious my first time driving that road. Because, like, what is wrong with this road? And then, and you get used to it, obviously. But, yeah, like, that first, like, shock and all of, like, being in that place. And, I mean, for you, like like I said, you've had that first taste when you were younger. And now, like, this is it. Like, I get to work and play here, um, which is great. Um, so, I mean, so security is, like, the only job that you've done inside the park, correct? Right. Okay. Okay. I mean, like, what 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 was like? Kind of walk me through, because I mean, I used to love like seeing like all the security guards like walk around and, like getting to hang out with them, or <laughs> they stop by and like just chat at the front desk, like just whenever, which is always fun. But like, what was like your typical? What was your like your typical like day as like a security guard, like in the park? So it's kind of hard to describe because every day is so different when you're a security guard because a lot of the job is improvising and just managing your time because we don't have like a set job that we're supposed to do. But the main reason why we are there is the what ifs. Like if somebody gets hurt, if there's a fire, like if there's a dangerous person, you know, we're the ones that kind of step up and deal with it. But that's the type of stuff that only happens, you know, every once in a while, you know. Yeah, I was going to say more often than not, you, you have like the medical like scenarios more than like the dangerous scenarios. Right. So we respond to a lot of that stuff. You know, you have the people walking out on the trails, tripping over their own feet, coming back bloodied and scraped up. And we're kind of the guys that patch them up and send them on their way. Okay, nice, nice. And that, so um, you were, was there any difference? Because I remember 
um, in 2019, you were the like the lead security guard, like for the valley. Like, was there any difference, like in your what you had to do or like what you had to take care of, like as far as your responsibilities compared to you know just your first prior two years? So my first two years, I was a security guard over at Swift Current, which is the smaller property about a mile down the road from the Mini Glacier Hotel. And then when I became the security supervisor, I was managing the security teams for Mini Glacier and Swift Current. So my job was basically to make sure all the guards knew what they were supposed to do. Like if there was ever anything serious that happened, I usually try to respond as well in case they got overwhelmed or froze up. And then I was also mainly the paperwork person to make sure yeah, all the logistics was taken care of. Gotcha. And then, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to make this sound off like in a in a bad way at all, but something that like I thought would be like neat to ask, like because I, I mean I've seen you do your job like as a security guard, and you always did did great, and you did everything you needed to. But like I know, like predominantly, like was there any like was there any challenge like you know, or did like people kind of look at you differently just because like you know. Or did they not take you seriously? Like saying like, what's this like a female security guard? Like, what is she going to do? Like, did you ever have that issue at all? Like in your time there? Um, More so with guests. I feel like because, so I actually worked there for four years. So I felt like mm-hmm. I had a really good relationship with a lot of the upper management and a lot mm-hmm. of the employees. So I would say overall, everybody was extremely respectful of me and my team. Um, The only time I would come into issues was sometimes with guests. But I mean, like you saw working behind the front, there's only so much you can do or say to a guest that's right, (laughs) you know, right? Yeah, woman, a man. Yeah, exactly. They when they have like their mindset on something, or and they have like a preset way of like wanting something done. Like it's hard to get through to them. Um, I think I, I mean I can't remember any specific examples, but like I think I remember you like you know you know how to put your foot down too. Like I've seen you like put your foot down and like be stern and like hold your ground, which is like awesome. <laughs> so I just always felt horrible for you guys and concierge because guest would just absolutely lay into you guys for no reason for stuff that Mm. you guys couldn't control and you guys didn't have much leeway on what you could say because you were you know the face of the hotel like you were in guest services and I felt like I had more leniency on what I could say and so I usually Mm -hmm. tried to step in when people were just getting berated because I could tell a guest like you need to go stop yelling at this person you know, and so I tried to use my position to kind of mediate those situations. Yeah, and I do remember, like, sometimes where, you know, I don't know if it was, like, with me directly or just, like, you know, another guest, like, being a rate with um, one of the other employee, like, front desk employees. Like, just, like, you guys hovering around, like, kind of, like, brings that presence upon them. Like, okay, like, you know, I'm going a little too far with this. Um which definitely like has helped, like definitely helped a lot. Like I just remember a few times where it's like, you know, I can only give out so many breakfast breakfast coupons yeah. to people, like for for like stuff that's out of my control. But some people just want to take it like way too far. For sure, and it's usually over stuff like the road or the Wi-Fi, just stuff you guys have absolutely mm-hmm. no control over. Right. 
And even like, you know, the rooms being ready by four o'clock or after four o'clock per like what we're, our lingo says, like we, we technically, sometimes we really don't have control over that because like it depends on how many rooms have to be flipped and how much housekeeping staff is on duty that day. So it's, you know, it's, you know, really, it really is like sometimes just out of our control, but you know, that's what the front desk is there for. We were the overseer of like pretty much all things or, you know, we handle you know, you know, so someone has an issue, they come to the front desk, like that's, even if it's not with us, like it's, we just have to take care of it. So it's what we're used to. Right. I definitely saw you guys take a lot of heat. Yeah. Alyssa though, she, she knew how to put it down too. Like she was like definitely a good mentor for me, like seeing her work and how she dealt with people like in those tough scenarios. Like, so kudos to Alyssa if she's listening. Um, like she knew how she had so much experience, like working with like different like kinds of guests that, you know, she knew how to put it down and how to really like handle those difficult situations. Yes. I just absolutely love her. Like she just like walks into a room and takes charge. And I loved when she would get me involved. Like you guys would have an irate guest that was staying for a couple days and she would take me into her little inner circle and let me know what was going on so I could be aware loved it yeah it's just that i mean that's the nice part about being on like a such a small property too is like you have those people that can like look out for you like on duty and off duty it's it's like just yeah it's like a little community you build that rapport and like we're all there to help each other so um yeah we definitely appreciate what you guys did just like like i said even just hovering around like at the desk like when something was going on like was just you know it was beneficial yeah so and just like it's the same thing with like the gift shop you know like whenever the sweet ladies down there got overwhelmed like I would usually tell my guards to go stand there too just so they wouldn't have to worry and get overwhelmed with the amount of guests in there yeah absolutely I mean you're you, with your like personality too like you have like such a caretaker like personality because <laughs> like even aside from I mean, even aside from like you like doing your job in security and like you know looking out for everything and uh holding down the fort like you like you talk to like a lot of people on a regular basis and you're very um like you're very open like for for talking and just listening to people and actually like encouraging and like giving advice because i know like you chatted with me a few times like i've seen you chat with other people a few times and it's like you really do have that like caretaker uh mentality um and I think you remember, I think you remember telling me too, that you worked at like a, uh, like a hotline at one point. Um, what, what kind of, what, what was, what was that all about? So when I was in college, I did an internship with a women's resource center. And okay. so my internship trained me in crisis intervention and I was a hotline counselor. So women would call this hot, it was a free service. Um, women would call this hotline when they were trying to flee sexual or domestic violence. Mm. And so I was put in the position to get them to a safe place, like talk them through their situation. And then if I could get them to the center, all of it was completely confidential. Like none of my roommates or friends or family even knew where I worked. Like I had to assign wow. stuff to say, it was all completely confidential. Um, so if I could get them to the shelter, then they were offered all sorts of free counseling, career services. It was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, talk about like a, a good, like 
good service because unfortunately that stuff exists and it happens. Um, whether we want it to like or not, I, we don't want it to happen, but you know, like I said, I think like knowing your caretaker mentality, like for just from what I've seen, like, I mean, I, I can tell where that comes from. And like, I remember you telling me that and I was like, wow, like, then that's, you know, I, I can only imagine, I know like for me personally, that's not something that I could like take on. Like, I don't know if I could sit there and like, you know, walk someone through that kind of like, you know, kind of a crisis. Like I do enjoy, um, being a source of like, you know, encouragement or advice or like being an open ear for someone, but it's like to walk them through that, like as it's happening or like hearing someone like scared or like searching for like for safety. Like I can only imagine like what kind of like emotions that brings up, like even as you're just walking them through that. Yeah, it for sure took its toll. I mean, I was doing this, I did the internship for a year and then I accepted a job doing the overnights. And so I was the only one in the shelter at nighttime, like answering phone calls. And then the next day I was going to school and then mm. after classes, I'd come home and sleep and do it again. And so I think by the time I graduated, I was so emotionally burnt out. I was like, let's go to the parks. Right. Right. You found your own, your own refuge after all that, which is good. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about even like more fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, mountains. I know that you are like a true mountain woman as far as like peak bagging and like just like your grit and determination to just hike all the stuff and things, specifically the peaks. Um, do you have a count of like how many peaks that you've done? I think I did twenty-seven different ones. Wow definitely lots of repeats in there what was um now i'm still super jealous because you did uh jackson (laughs) like i'm still super jealous about that um so what was out of all like the peaks that you've done what was your favorite one um it's so hard that's just such Mm -hmm. an impact because there's some mountains where you're like oh like the views weren't as great but it was a really really fun hike or something Right. with really great company so those days stand out but I'd say as far as like overall like the how fun the hike was and the views it has got to be Reynolds okay right I mean, yeah I mean I was gonna say Reynolds is definitely like in a top like two or three and just for those listening uh, Mount Reynolds is like almost like smack dab in the middle of like at the park so like, as you're going up to go into the Sun Road, it's, like, the one of the first mountains you see, or it's, like, the Grand Mountain you see at Logan Pass, which is kind of, like, the halfway point between the east and the west side on the going to the Sun Road. Um, but, like, you get up there, relatively, like, short, like, short hike. Um, obviously, like, it's, that backslope is, like, steep, like, to get up, but right. not not a difficult hike, like, by any means, as far, like, you just gotta, like, trudge through that, like, scree field. Um first thing but that's about it but yeah you get like such a good like bird's eye view and like 360 degree view of like the entire park um so i mean i definitely like i definitely agree with you that being one of my favorites i think for me my all-time favorite was uh going to the sun mountain um just because like that was the first mountain i actually like did the route finding myself and it was like it was just so much fun like i loved the view um easy to follow uh, just a great hike all the way around. 
and yeah i mean it's um do you what was like do you know which one like you've done the most like that you've repeated the most out of the park um well first of all i want to say i am so jealous because going to the sun was on my list for three years and i never got to do it so that has got to be on my return trip uh, sorry, you, you cut out there for but, a second. Do you mind repeating that for me? I, someone tried calling me right in the middle of all this. I was about to say, um, first of all, I'm so jealous because going to the sun has been on my list forever. So that's definitely going to have to be on my list if I ever make it out there for vacation or whatever. Yeah, it is like... I think if like if I really if I had like an extended amount of time like on a vacation back there, I would love to do that again. Actually, um, when I went to visit there this past like last July, twenty twenty, um, me, Joe, Jonathan, and our other friend uh, Izzy, uh, we all like that's the amount we chose to do, and we got up to the um, the saddle between Matapi and going to the sun, but like there was like this massive grizzly bear actually like alongside the trail or up, up above oh. the trail um, that we need to go on to, to uh, like to walk along the ridge of going to the sun. And like, I guarantee you, like even from like a hundred plus yards away, that was probably the biggest bear that I've seen. Um, Cause like, he just looked big from where we were at. And like, he was like digging through rocks. We could hear him like snarling too. It was crazy. That is so scary. So funny, really stupid story. I did Matapi by myself in 2018 Mm -hmm. and I was just having a lazy day. I like slept in. I didn't really get going until 3.30ish. Oh my gosh. And it was was September. And so I don't know why. Like everybody listening, do not do this. It was so dumb. I don't know why I did it. And so I got to the top of Matapi, and my intention was to go to going to the sun, but I just sat on top of Matapi, watched the sunset, knowing full and well I was going to be hiking the entire Sai Pass Trail back in the dark. So I had on two headlamps, and then um, I had a knife out and my bear spray. It was super intense. I think it was like five six miles i had to walk back in the dark by myself oh man i mean i mean i can't really like you know speak to like not doing stupid things just because i still remember the yeah. time that um joe johnson and i did um stony stony indian pass and then also uh 50 mountain pass or like pollock up 50 mountain in the same day and like we were hiking to flat top campground like in the dark oh, until like God. 11 o'clock at night so, I mean, yeah, you, you really do find out like, you know, eventually, like, I mean, for anyone listening, like, you know, obviously like, don't try to do something stupid, like be smart, but inevitably, like if you find yourself like doing something stupid, like just be careful because <laughs> like, it's probably going to happen when like unintentionally, like you think like, you know, oh, like it's like, I'll be good. And like, next thing you know, like it could not be good all in the same moment. Yeah, if I was going to go down, I was going to go down swinging. Right? Like, if I got eaten, y'all would know which bear did it because it would be missing an ear or <laughs> Kayla's last stand. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I always admired you guys because you guys would 
plan out these long, mild days that were just unimaginable to me. Yeah, I mean, I mean, aside from us, like, being, like, you know, the ACMP group, like, that first summer, like, we, our hiking styles and our hiking paces were just, like, very similar. Like, we, like, motivated each other, like, just by, like, how fast we would hike. And, like, I just remember, like, people, like, didn't want to hike with us because we hiked so fast and we did all, like, these, like, crazy miles. Like, definitely, like, biting off more than we could chew. Um, I mean, I know uh, the last summer that we were there in 2019, we plan on doing Cleveland on my birthday um and like we actually spaced it out fairly well like we had plenty of days like you know to get to Stony Indian um campground camp out for a night and then do Cleveland and come back and then we would camp a night another night and then head back home um but I just remember like it was raining like crazy like just soaking wet miserable weather and like we stayed one night and we just ended up leaving like a day early and like hiking 19 miles out um just because mm. yeah it was just so miserable out there and then but yeah i mean i enjoy, like looking back on it i just enjoy those challenges like i know everybody finds like they're like their little group of people that they go hiking with like i know you had like you had like a really yeah. great group of like like mountain women that you hiked with often um mountain babes mountain babes that's what you got yep what was your what was your saying like someone oversleep or something like that oh my gosh in 2018 we were all ready to get neck tattoos i swear that said summits over sleep oh my gosh (laughs) i don't don't think anybody would have questioned you for it if you got it either no i'm pretty sure alex and annika are the other members of the mountain bays and i'm pretty sure they would go get that tattoo with me tomorrow oh yeah for sure for sure um crap what was the question i was about to ask it just flew by me um oh so i saw that like i actually like scroll through your instagram like through instagram today i saw you had like this this like glacier video and it's so, like goodbye glacier like are you saying like goodbye to glacier like working wise or are you just saying like until i see you again like what what's up with that i'm curious so i actually decided a few weeks ago that i would not be returning okay And so I wanted to make a farewell video of just a montage of all the adventures and whatnot, just for me to have that keepsake. And I had to go through, I think, five phones worth of pictures and videos. Oh, wow. So it just took me a few weeks to get it out there. But I've been sitting on this decision for a few weeks now. And what was like the, uh, do you like a drive, like a driving motivator, like for the decision? Yeah, so I, I mean, I've been doing seasonal life for four years now, and I am ready to get a house mm-hmm. with a yard <laughs> that I can actually decorate. Yep. You know, I mean, it's exhausting. I mean, you know, living on the East Coast, that drive, like, to and from during the season is just yeah exhausting. Yeah, very exhausting. Um, yeah, I think I remember chatting with you before, like, um like way back when we were like working together at the park about how we I think you and I both were on like the same page about wanting stability at some point and just like you know it gets it does get very tiring like you know moving back and forth and like living in dorms and you know like the like the no like no wi-fi and stuff like I can live like live without that I think that's a big deal but like just the the dorm lifestyle can definitely like wear you down and like you're around like so many people all the time 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, I know that for me, that was one of my uh, motivating decisions or uh, motivating factors of what made me want to stay back home. Um, at least as far as like, you know, I had a, a degree to finish up and also like, I just wanted to stay somewhere like for right. more than three months at a time. So yeah, I definitely don't blame you there. Um, I mean, it sounds like you just, you've been living out like a good plan, like ever since this past summer, which I know like you were only there for like a brief moment before Corona shut everything down. Yeah. So it was pretty crazy. You'd asked me before if I had done a job other than security. And so I had started out this summer doing security at Glacier and then we all got laid off and basically had five days to up and move and find new jobs, which don't get me wrong. Santera did a wonderful job with trying to transfer people to Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, And so we basically all had jobs but I moved to West Yellowstone and did housekeeping for the rest of the summer yeah I mean yeah I mean I know from what I understand you know Santera did the absolute best they could given the circumstance like because no one was expecting that at all I mean luckily like you had a place like to go and still like work a summer and I got you like you hopefully you were able to experience like like a different park and like one probably one of like the most grand parks in like the U.S. um I mean, was there anything in particular that you like you took away from Yellowstone or like that you really enjoyed the most um, working in there since you were I know you were kind of like displaced there because of COVID. But like what was like something that you took away from there? Um, so we're in Glacier. It's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And you have to draw this line between yourself and the coworkers. Like you kind of have to set an example and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so it was really nice to get away from that. And the biggest takeaway that I had from my summer in Yellowstone is I had so much fun. I just met the greatest people. You know, when I clocked out of work, I was done with work. Like Glacier, when I clocked out of work, I was basically working all the time. Right. There's usually somebody who needed something. Everybody knew where my room is. So people would knock on my door. So it was just nice to like de-stress and enjoy the park without the stresses of worrying about people or managing. So that was my biggest takeaway from my summer in Yellowstone. That's awesome. Yeah. How many months did you actually end up being down in Yellowstone? I was in Yellowstone from July until about end of October. Okay. I don't know what that is, but a little bit. Okay. So about like four four months, sounds like. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, at least that's one, like, that's one of the parks you can add to the list of like, you know, places that you've worked. Because um, I know like it's, I know for me, like, I, although I do gravitate the glacier a lot more i just you know i know my my time in the canyon was definitely like i'm very appreciative of that because it's just another place i get to mark off you know one of like being able to visit but two like being able to stay at for a prolonged period of time so it's good you actually got to experience like a second park um even though there's not like grand mountains or anything even though you were did you go down to tetons much at all while you were in there I did, but I mainly went down to the Tetons to go look for the animals. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't do too much hiking this summer, but yeah, I was 
crazy because you just find yourself it's weird to be thankful for these circumstances but if it wasn't for the pandemic I would have never experienced Yellowstone like this because like you said I just gravitate to Glacier I would have never left Glacier for any reason yeah other than a pandemic kicking me out yeah exactly and it's like I know and like this is just me being me but like when I drove through Yellowstone like passing by like I wasn't all like you know super impressed um but I like I said I didn't get to enjoy it like like anyone else would have like being able to stay and work there so um yeah we found your park and like that's where your heart's set so that's where you want to go to the rest of your life oh for sure I'm already trying to figure out how I can make it out there this summer even just for a few days (laughs) yeah I'm trying to convince uh, my fiance um I don't know if it's gonna work this summer um quite frankly I don't know when it's gonna work but I mean, she wants to go out, like, to Montana. Like, I told her, like, I, I want to get you out there. I'm going to show you, like, all the things. I'm going to show you, like, where it works. Like, I'm going to tell you about this, this, and this. Um, but, I you know, like, we want to, like, we want to visit some, like, other places that, like, neither of us have been to. Um, but, I mean, maybe one day, like, when I'm, you know, old and somewhat retired, I can like, convince <laughs> her, like, hey, like, let's go work a job in the park for a summer. Let's Let's, let's just, you know let's just do it let's just kick it back and not have to worry about being like anywhere else yeah and that's what's so great about it is that it'll always be there you know yeah the glaciers may not be there but i mean well (laughs) the park will be there yeah for sure so let's see another thing i really want to talk about because i wake like i mean i look over at the picture that you painted for me like almost every other day like your art, like I love seeing you post it like on Instagram because like you do such a phenomenal job with like the photos that like, you know, taking the original photo that you're painting and actually painting it because like from like from like this distance just from my bed, like to where I have it on my wall, like it looks like the exact picture that I took on like my first summer in Glacier. So like, first of all, thank you for painting that for me. Second of all, I want to hear about like what got you into like art like in general and too, like, you know, um, just how much fun you have with it, like being able to paint like these pictures and these places that you've been in or like, you know, even do it for other people. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's, it's been a crazy ride. It's just, I'm about to thank the pandemic again, which is super weird, but <laughs> you know, I got laid off in March. I was substitute teaching. So we were some of the first to get laid off because of this. And so I had all of this free time that I haven't had before. And so it was really, really cool to dive into old hobbies. And so I just started painting again. And then this really cool thing started happening where everybody was reaching out and wanting pictures. And so it was just really neat to connect with people that I haven't talked to in a while, Mm -hmm. you know, and just see how they are and then to just... for them to trust me to paint a memory for them. Um, it was just a really, really cool. I'm just so grateful to everybody who reached out to me. I had so much fun just reconnecting with people and creating those memories for people to have during such a weird, dark time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like I said, you did like a phenomenal job with the, like the picture that I'd sent. Like it's like I said, it looks just like the actual picture, which I absolutely love. Um, do you still? Um, do you still find plenty of time to do that now while you're in Florida? 
Yeah, so I've started going to, there's tons of flea markets and good thrift stores and whatnot here. And so I've started getting like ugly decor, (laughs) (laughs) trying to make them less ugly by painting on them. And so I've kind of been diving into that a little bit. But okay. yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to reserve time for it so I don't lose the skill again or lose the interest. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially like you know, like once you like find like a, like another job and you start picking things up again, like I'm sure it's going to be a little more like difficult like to manage that time. But I mean, I really hope like you are able to stick with it and like still commission like awesome paintings for, like for other people um are you still getting like quite a few people like asking you for painted picture uh, pictures of photos or whatnot not as much now but i've really slowed down too so okay. it's not as like the forefront like during the pandemic i was doing like several every week um because I-, I was just sitting at home not doing anything Gotcha. Did you, I mean, have you ever found like while you were doing this, any like particular challenge? Like, was there anything, I don't know if I can say like there was any like painting that you remember that was most challenging or like, you know, something about like painting these landscapes that was the most challenging? So I, I thrive when doing landscapes. Um, It's everything else that I really struggle with. Okay. tried to pursue art in school and it was a disaster you know like they would ask me to do a self-portrait and I cannot draw people so I turned in a cheetah and (laughs) (laughs) you know we were doing 3d stuff I couldn't do that so I turned in a drawing of Fontana or something like I just have a very specific niche like people are reaching out wanting me to do their pets but the thing with pets is, you know, you can do a mountain landscape and you can't tell if like a rock or a tree is off, you know, but you right. 100% tell if a painting does not look like your pet. That is true. I never even would have thought about that, actually. <laughs> so it's a lot of pressure with diving into stuff that's out of my comfort zone, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess like, I guess you make a good point about like landscapes. Like if something's a little off, like, you know, it's, it's a feature almost of like, like the place that you're painting, like it's, it's rocks. Like there, there's bumps and cracks and everything. We're all over it. So it's not really going to make much of a difference, but with something that, you know, something more personal, like, like a family photo or like a pet or a, a person, like, you know, you notice that stuff kind of, you know, right out the gate. Oh, for sure. Like you're going to notice if a hair is off on your dog, you know, Right, that one follicle of hair that <laughs> is misplaced. <laughs> cool. Well, I figure, um, kind of like to wrap up here. I always like love hearing like stories, like from, you know, the other person's time in the park. Like, I I would be interested to hear like any like awesome or like crazy like security related stories or like mountain related stories. Um, anything you got that like you know, just like you would want to share. It's like, it can be funny, happy, sad, crazy, uh, what have you. I mean, it's, it's all open up to you. Um, I have quite a few. I like tried to make notes to prepare for this. because <laughs> awesome. I obviously I haven't it. been in the park in a while. I'm just trying to jog my memory. So I'll do a couple security stories and then maybe 
uh, mountain story. Perfect. So I think the craziest thing that happened to me working security, and it's not even that crazy. It's just the the whole event of it is this happened my first summer and with security you're working the overnight shift which is from 12 a.m to 8 Mm a.m and sometime during the night there was an earthquake and i was over at swift currents and swift current during the middle of the night the security is the only staff member that's up you know unlike mini glacier we have the night auditor Mm-hmm. Um, and so lamps were shaken, a couple things fell off the desk, like it was nuts. And so I radioed over to Darcy, who was working security at Mini, and I was like, Hey, did you hear that? Like, did you guys experience this? And she goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't feel anything. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. So I'm like, either I am insane or I am in some paranormal activity vortex. Like, I don't know what happens. And so I am freaking out the rest of the night. And then the next morning, Darcy emailed me the link that said there was like a 6.2 something earthquake in Missoula. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He was like, I, I was outside. Story of that happening. That's crazy. Yeah. I never heard of like a story of that happening or like anyone ever mentioning an earthquake like in the park like ever that's crazy i i for real thought i was crazy but she was outside so she didn't feel it and the next morning thank goodness she felt bad and it was able to reach out to me and let me know that i wasn't a crazy person i mean hey i mean i mean knowing knowing you or like experiencing like working with you i can tell like you're not a crazy person (laughs) so if it's coming from you i feel like it's believable oh my gosh i appreciate that (laughs) Um, and then other stuff. Also, with working at Swift Current, you're just in a, just an area where there is, it's in the woods. Like, it's a bunch of cabins in the woods. So, you have... Yeah, hippie village. <laughs> you have the bear traffic. You have the moose traffic. And so, every once in a while over at Swift Current, you have moose that will stand in the middle of these cabin circles. And, you know, when the guests see the moose, they just absolutely lose every brain cell they have. That's, that's not just with moose. That's with any animal in the park. You know, so if it's a bear, like, I got to get close to it. <laughs> if it's, like, uh, like Colombian ground squirrel or, like, a marmot, you know, got to get close to it. Yeah. So, they the moose would graze in the cabin circles. And you have the guests popping out of their cabins, putting their kids up on the railings and stuff. And so me being a security guard, I am basically running in a circle, yelling at people, like putting my arms out, trying to corral them back. And the people that I get to go back to their cabins, they're popping up on the other side of the cabin circle. It's just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I remember like even like down or up at many too, like you you kind of had that task like with like bears that were on property you kind of had to keep people away and also just those the bighorn sheep too like because they would run around, run around everywhere and people would try to get close to those so, like you're trying to push people back and forth i know and people would get so mad at me because i would take my jacket off and i would wave it at the sheep and they would all scatter and run away and people would get so mad that i ruined their picture but little did they know they were standing two feet away from these sheep that have I mean, there's employees that have gotten rammed by them on property. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, to each their own, but I mean, it's, it's your funeral, so you're doing it, so. 
So it's one of those things that does happen. Yep. Unfortunately. Oh, there's my dog. <laughs> I was like really hoping that she wasn't going to do that. That's okay. If it wasn't going to be your dog, it's going to be my dog because he does that like every now and then, like randomly barks at nothing. Yeah. And it's, oh my gosh, she just goes zero to 100. It's so scary. Is that your Chawini? Yes. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. I just eat her up. That was like the main reason I was nervous about doing this because I'm like, I'm not even cool anymore. All I do is sit at home and my dog and I just stare at each other. It, it doesn't matter like when you're cool. It's just like <laughs> you've been cool. Like you've done cool stuff. So it's worth, it's worth sharing. Oh, for sure. Okay. Well, I will share one crazy mountain story. Awesome. I'm all for it. Okay, so I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, but in 2017, Annika's older sister, Hope, and then you've met Hope, right? Actually, I don't think I have. And then Angela and I set out to climb Chief Mountain, and this was also in September. It was a really bad fire year in the valley. And this was, like, one of the first clear days that we had in months, I felt like. And we set out to climb, and we got to the top of Chief Mountain at 3. And then the entire mountain got engulfed in clouds. And we could not see anymore. This is another one of those stories where everybody's listening. This is a lesson learned from... Another one of my stupid mistakes. But yeah, I was in a tank top and shorts and a light jacket. And we are walking, trying to make our way back down the mountain. And it starts raining. And then the rain turned to sleet. And then the sleet turned to snow. Cool. Yeah. So we, it full on snowstorm. when we got lost at the bottom of Chief Mountain. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I, I didn't even hear about that story. Yeah, so we were lost. Uh, we were all drenched and freezing. Like my hair was frozen, my bag was frozen. And I finally reached out. I had Canadian cell service, which was pretty crazy. And I was able to reach out to people that I knew would have Wi Fi. So I reached out to front desk people and a couple servers and was like, hey, we're lost. Can you come help us? Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. And so there was actually a really bad fire up in Waterton area. That was the year that everything in Waterton burned down. And so okay. they closed down that road. So when people came up to try to save us, Border Patrol was there and was like, okay, you guys have to turn around. This road is closed. And they were like, well, our friends are lost. We need to go find them. And Border Patrol was like, okay, we're going to go with you. And so they came to look for us. And I think it was about 10 p.m. when they finally, like, set out to try to find us. And we were just walking and shouting for people. And it was just, I probably had four inches of snow on my back. Oh my gosh, yeah. you, poor, you poor guys. <laughs> it was it was crazy. And so they we started to hear them at around 10-ish. And then we were like talking back and forth. We still couldn't see them because it was snowing so bad. And then we didn't hear anything for 45 minutes. 
like not a single thing after hearing them so we were pretty convinced that we had gone crazy and that was like the end stage and at that point I was like you know what it's cold pretty miserable can we just die already like (laughs) like I'm ready I'm mentally prepared like why are we wasting our time um but eventually border patrol found us with their big fancy flashlights and they brought warm clothes to us and we all stripped in front of border patrol and when we were made which thankfully border patrol came because they had one of those gps's that you can follow your tracks back to the start point and i think if they didn't go with them then we would have been five lost people instead of three that's crazy so we yeah. eventually made it back to our car and back to Swift at about 4 or 5 a.m. Wow. I mean, whew. I mean, I mean, I'm glad you made it safe. You're alive to tell the tale. So another story, always pack clothes and prepare for weather. Yep. Expect the unexpected. Tell people where you're going. 100%. But that was my first season. And thankfully, I didn't run into any of those issues since then because I've was well prepared yep yeah i mean that's uh you're not the only one to to get stuck on a mountain in a snowstorm i definitely know all about that um just with the experience i had with matt edwards and, and max bates did i ever tell you no story? no no oh okay so this is my first summer in the park in 2018 i'm pretty sure i told the story on the podcast before like earlier on but I'll t- i'm just gonna tell it again anyway um we wanted to do uh, Mount Gould. I've been wanting to do that mountain like all summer. And this is like two days before the hotel was like scheduled to like, close down for the season. And um, we were checking the weather and so like they were somewhat calling for storms, but they were dissipating. So we're like, let's just go up and see. So we like packed up and got up to Logan Pass. And we were actually like above the clouds at Logan Pass. And you can see the like the rolling clouds like below Logan Pass and in the valley, like the St. Mary yeah. Valley. Um, but like skies were clear. Like, for the most part. Um, and then, like, we got on Highline Trail. And, like, not too long after we started hiking, like, it started, like, raining. Like, not, like, a, a pouring rain, but, like, like a drizzle. And, then, like, it lightened up a little bit. And then we got to the, like, that little saddle between uh, Haystack Butte and where you would cut up to start hiking up uh, Mount Gould. Right. And, like, it was a little wet. So, and like, you know, we saw some clouds. We're like, all right, well, like, what do we do? Like, we were there for like 10 minutes, like trying to figure out what to do. And we're like, okay. So, like, we don't feel comfortable going up right right now because of the clouds. But, like, let's go, like, just do haystack real quick because, like, it's right there. Yeah. And it's not that, not that hard. And, like, if, like, it's still nice, like, we'll come back down and we'll do Gould. So, um, there's two ways you can get up haystack. There's, like, you can go around and then cut back up like kind of like up the slope or like you can just head straight up of like that that face and like do a little bit of like rock scrambling so that's what we did and we get like about halfway up and like clouds just start coming around haystack and like it starts thundering and we're like oh god and like um as we like draw we're getting closer to the top like of haystack but like it starts thundering more there's lightning and then like as soon as that happens, like, I think Matt Edwards did it first. Like, he, he's like, oh, it feels like my feet no. are burning. And he starts, like, jumping around. And we're like, all right, we got to find, like, cover, like, ASAP. Um, luckily, like, as we were scrambling up, like, Max found, like, this, like, little rock, like, 
level almost where like it was like this deep crack and it was like three feet three feet high but like really deep enough for us to fit into so we took off our packs and set them out like outside the rock uh cove and like we, we made matt edwards get in first because he was he was super tall right. so like we got him in first and then max and i kind of like just wedged in there but like it was plenty deep for us and we sat there for like a good 15 to 20 minutes as like it sleeted snowed and thunderstorms oh, like all around us and like finally like it finally dissipated it was still a little bit cloudy around but like we got out in like the rock cove and there was just sleet and snow everywhere and so like we're like we gotta get off this mountain so we got off and like we hiked out and everything was good but uh that's when i can legit say that we were caught between a rock and a hard place <laughs> you really were that's so crazy yeah weather yeah. is just nuts out there if, i feel like weather is like yeah in, in that kind of a mountainous region like you know like i said if you're listening like prepare for the weather to like do, do the opposite of what it looks like unless they're actually like it's been like you know sunny days and, like you're you're good like then you're good but like you just never know like when that storm is going to form um especially like, inside the valley because those things will just come and go like with a like a vengeance like they'll show up and like like they'll rattle like the valley and then they'll be gone yeah it was one time zach and i um we were on top of apicuni mountain and this storm system rolled in, like took 10 minutes to be from wave from the, in the horizon to over top of us. And we could hear mm-hmm. the zinging noise of like the electricity in the air. Apparently all my Ooh. hair stood up and we were just, I mean, the top of, have you climbed Apicuni before? No, so it's pretty bald. Like there's no like rock scrambling. It's just like a glorified hill kind of. And so there was nowhere yeah. to cut. We didn't know what to do. So we just laid down, <laughs> which I've since learned is probably not the best thing to do. But so we kind of laid down until it, it started hailing and it was like little airsoft bullets were pelting us. And then we eventually just yep. once we didn't feel that zinging anymore, we just kind of ran down the mountain. But yeah, it's super intense. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad we're allowed to tell the tale. Like, it's something that I'll never forget. And, like, I need to, like, document that somehow just so I don't forget. <laughs> I know. I kick myself every day for not keeping a journal. Yeah, I kept, like, a personal journal. Um, just, like, to write stuff in, like, thoughts and stuff. Like, as far as keeping, like, memories, like, I never did that. Like, I mean, I got plenty of pictures. Um, I lost, like, a good bit of, like, pictures from my first year just because uh i had a like i just i switched phones and like there's a couple of really funny videos of like uh joe jonathan and i's first backpacking trip like i only have one video that um i was able to salvage i can't find the rest which yeah because i was like that got some like really good like funny video oh man that stinks yeah it is what it is. I mean, I got them in my head. That's all I really need. Yeah, but for sure, write all the stuff down while you still can. Yeah, I may have to like keep it away, and you know, when I'm old and you know have dementia or something, and hopefully I'll try to remember it. Because <laughs> I, I feel like when you talk to people that don't work in the parks, it's really hard to believe half the stuff that we do or the things that we go through. You know. And it's just hard to believe that it's real when you're not living that lifestyle. 
Yeah, because like when we talk about it, like we have such like a passion and like, you know, a realness behind it where like people just can't can't relate. Like I just remember like my first like first after coming back from that first summer, I was just like like you don't feel like anyone understands like what you've done or like where you've been. So it's just like this like a massive like, you know, who do I talk to about this? Like I wanna talk about this, but who do I talk to about it except for the people that like I've just like spent my summer with and I'm not gonna see for a while. Right yeah well Caleb that's pretty much all I had for today um thank you again so much for wanting to be on the podcast with me it was great to connect with you again super excited just to hear your voice and chat with you um but yeah thank you again I wish you the best of luck I hope you find something soon job wise in Florida but if not I mean you know best of luck in Virginia wherever you end up I know you're gonna do great and you're gonna just keep living life like you always been. Uh, thank you. It was good to hear from you, too. I cannot wait to see more of the wedding planning. So exciting. Yeah, I will. I'm sure, like, there will be more more photos to come on Facebook or you know, on Instagram, mainly. Um, but, yeah, I think the bulk of it will come once it's wedding time. So, but yeah, I mean, that'll all be to come in the next coming months. So exciting. Happy for you. Thank you, gal. So, Enjoy the rest of your evening and you, you take too. care, okay? Bye. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kayla. Um, got to hear some of her story, how she got into the parks, uh, which I think is an incredible story. Uh, she just fell in love with Glacier at a very young age and she just she made it her mission to go work in Glacier and she made it happen and she had a great time while doing it. Um, hopefully that inspires other people to, you know, just if there's a place you want to go or a place you want to be, you can make it happen if you just set your mind to it. And if you want to go to this park or that park, wherever you dream of going, it's out there for you. And that experience is out there waiting for you. So until next time on the Parkies podcast, I hope you guys have a great, great rest of your month until that next episode. Or just hope you guys are doing well in general and stay safe out there and see you next time.